Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, of now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. Now, as you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Now, you can get unlimited talk and text, plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N, make the switch today. Save an additional 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Let not your heart be troubled. You are listening to the Sean Hannity Radio Show Podcast. All right, this portion of the Sean Hannity Podcast is sponsored by Audible. Now, by signing up for a 30-day trial with Audible, you'll be able to get that audio book you've always wanted to read for free. Now, discover where Audible audiobooks can take you. To get started, just go to audible.com slash Hannity. That's audible.com slash Hannity. All right, as we wrap things up, finally, thankfully, our final day at the chaos, corruption, confusion, Black Lives Matters, and Alice in Wonderland, everything's great in America, that we have no problems at all, convention. Thank God. Beyond Philly cheesesteaks, and I love the Broad Street Bullies, as I told you on Monday, I just, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to get back home tomorrow. Anyway, glad you're with us. Toll free, it's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Newt Gingrich, who has been with us the entire two weeks of the Republican and Democratic Convention, with us today. Uh, Vice presidential candidate, the running mate of Donald Trump, Mike Pence, will be here today. Uh, We hit the streets of Philly. You're not going to believe the stuff you're going to hear later in the program with Ami Horowitz and Griff Jenkins asking questions like, what is the biggest state sponsor of terror and how many people here for the DNC answer that it's the United States of America? It's not it's not Iran. It's not Syria. It's not any of these other countries that are sponsors of terror. Nope, it's the United States. And then we ask, well, what is the most evil country in the world? And many of these people, I heard the tape, they say the United States of America. 
It's pretty unbelievable. So we're calling this the sounds of the city of brotherly love and the stupidity that exists here. But it is what it is. You know, last night, one unreported story. Now, you know about the flags, the flag issue on Monday. There were no flags. How is this possible? At an American convention, there was no chanting USA, USA, USA on day one. No mention of the 61 speakers that none of them mentioned ISIS on day one. No American flag on the stage on day one. And only because there's been discussion about it, they were shamed into rectifying these these situations every time. Rudy Giuliani spent a lot of time with him last night. He was in town and he was on Hannity last night. And like him, I have spent a lot of time in the course of my day around Secret Service, Department of Homeland Security, uh, and a, 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 the local Philly Police Department and, and other police and law enforcement officials, but all wonderful people. Incredible. I've taken pictures with these guys. I've got to talk to these guys. It turns out that Rudy told me last night, and I started asking these guys, that Democrats have taken at this convention the unprecedented step of banning uniform officers from the convention floor during Hillary's coronation. Now, remember, they celebrated on Tuesday Black Lives Matter. You know, Black Lives Matter. We have those are the people saying, you white people, you get in the back. White media, get to the back. Black media, come to the front. White media, excuse me. White media, you go in the back. All right, the black people, brown people up front. This is the group that I keep telling you, says pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. What do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them now? Also, this is the same group. We showed this on TV last night. We sent our guy out on the street, Geraldo, and and this is some of the information he got. They're chanting F the police. It's unbelievable. The same people advising Hillary on issues involving criminal justice. The same people getting invitations from the anointed one to go to the White House repeatedly. So Democrats actually take this unprecedented move. They banning uniformed officers from the convention floor, probably by me exposing it, just like the flag issue, just like mentioning ISIS. They will be shamed into rectifying that which they would rather not do. I mean, maybe maybe they want to upset Tuesday night was the night to show their loyalty to Black Lives Matter. It's it's pretty unprecedented. Now, here's a statistic. The Daily Caller pointed out the police fatalities this year alone have increased 78 percent for the first half of 2016. That doesn't surprise me. I didn't hear any mention supporting the police in any of the speeches. It may have happened. I'm not watching all day. There's only so much of this I can take uh, at any given time. But the biggest concern is the sharp uptick in the shooting deaths of officers. And you would think that the frequency of police deaths, police deaths continue to surge at present levels. This year could be the deadliest year for law enforcement in decades if we keep up this pace. That's pretty scary. Now, they've tried everything they can do for Hillary. They they went hard left on Monday. They tried to rein in. Remember, Monday, Bernie Sanders told a crowd of supporters that, in fact, we've got to support Hillary, and he was booed. We have got to elect Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine. 
then later that night, Bernie spoke, and they've done a pretty good job of trying to, and he sent out the text saying, please, for, for the love of me, please don't disrupt everything that's going on here. It's going to make everything look horrible. Elizabeth Warren, hardcore, left-wing, radical herself, Pocahontas, she speaks on Monday. Then, of course, Michelle Obama speaks on Monday. Then, of course, Tuesday becomes Black Lives Matters Day. They bring on Michael Brown's mother. But look, I feel sorry for any mother that loses her child. You know, can, can you blame the parents for the actions of kids? Well, maybe in some instances, yeah. Maybe they're responsible. Maybe they weren't very good parents. In other instances, I know people that were good parents and their kids turned out to be incorrigible. My parents were great parents and I was a jackass when I was a young kid. I was incorrigible. I mean, I got more trouble. My mother would say, stay in the house. I'd say, get out of here. I walk out the door. Horrible thing to do. I'm not, I'm not proud of it. I, I laugh at it, but I'm not exactly proud of it. I should have had more respect and honored my father and mother more, if you will. So they have then Black Lives Matter night and Michael Brown, a guy that robbed a store on tape, intimidated a clerk, and then, according to black eyewitnesses, fought Darren Wilson for his gun and charged the Wilson. If you do those things, you fight a cop for their gun, you're going to die. The chances are you're going to probably get shot. And you can't blame police when they have to defend themselves and you have lawless people out there that do things like that. So they didn't have up any of the families of slain officers, even though it's a 78 percent increase, because that doesn't fit their narrative. You know, I keep reminding people what there is a reason that President Obama talks about Cambridge, talks about Trayvon. That could have been me 35 years ago. And and if Trayvon could have looked like my son. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason he rushed to judgment in Ferguson on foreign soil, even in our country. We saw the world is watching what happened in Ferguson and the case of Freddie Gray. All officers acquitted, which I predicted at the time, and Mosby was wrong. They, they create this false expectation of a verdict that is never going to come back the way they say it's going to. Anyway, so that all happens. They didn't bring up the families of police officers, the wives of slain officers, the husbands of slain officers. They didn't bring up the children of slain officers. No, because it doesn't fit this racial narrative that Obama wants to advance. Now, what's the evidence that you have of that, Hannity? I keep going back to Chicago. If Obama cared about black lives, all lives, and they all mattered, you'd think the guy that came from Chicago would actually pay a little bit of attention to the 3,470 plus dead people that were killed in his home city since he's been president and the thousands of others that have been shot in the meantime. So they've appealed to Black Lives Matter. They had Michelle. They had Bernie. They had Warren. They brought in Bill Clinton. I want to say to all the hot chicks here, look, we have the greatest love story of all time, me and Hillary. But, you know, look, I'm going to just forget this whole little chapter and verse of me and Jennifer and me and Dolly and, and me and Paula and me and, and Juanita and me and... Kathleen and me and, uh, you know, this new little hot chick I got in Chappaqua, which the Secret Service refers to as the Energizer. She's really, oh, God, she's so hot. I mean, if you were married to Hillary like I was, you probably would understand me a little bit better. And that's that's his thought. That, that whole part was eliminated. Then they bring in the big guns last night, Biden and Obama. Now the thing is, now it's Hillary's turn. And she's got half the people, every single Democratic Bernie Sanders supporter that was disenfranchised because of the collusion between the DNC and Hillary 
with all of their racial slurs and gay slurs and their anti-Semitic strategies. And on top of that, of course, misogynistic language, which, of course, the very things they say Republicans are, they're guilty of. You've got a very divided convention here tonight. So they brought in all their Hollywood Meryl Streeps and and Eva Longoria and Lena Dunham and Elizabeth Banks and Sarah Silverman and the stars of today and Alicia Keys and Paul Simon and I don't even know Al Franken, the loser that he is. So, you know, they think that's going to do it. But I don't think that's going to help. You have people here in Philly that have been chanting, these are Bernie supporters, lock her up. This was supposed to be a coronation for her. This was supposed to be her big moment. And the media now, they, you know, they fell right into the trap that Donald Trump set for them over this whole uh, Russian. Well, Vladimir Putin, he, Donald Trump never suggested that Vladimir Putin ought to commit sabotage and cyber uh, commit cybertage, if you will, to the United States and break into our State Department emails and find Hillary's 33,000 deleted email. The server doesn't exist anymore. And they fell right into the trap and accused them of treason. And all of that took up all of the energy in the media yesterday, and they look like a bunch of jackasses, which they are, with blank all over their face. It's pretty incredible. And, you know, of course, they think everything's wonderful. This is the Alice in Wonderland narrative. By the way, do you notice, I, t- I look every night because I can see these guys cleaning up the arena, the Wells Fargo arena every night. Democrats are, are just slobs. It's amazing to me that they think... They have a monopoly and compassion in the environment. The same people that tell us air conditioning is is just as dangerous as ISIS. I'm like, what are you talking about? The same people that didn't have American flags on the first night. It's pretty unbelievable. They have the most radical platform in their history. You know, Representative Keith Ellison, the guy that swore himself in on the Quran, the first Muslim congressman. Anyway, said it's truly the most progressive, meaning statist, radical, leftist, a platform in history, $15 minimum wage, banning private prisons, expanding Social Security, public option, debt-free college tuition. That's what the thing says. We can't afford that with $20 trillion in debt. How are you going to pay for all this crap? You're just not going to be able to. So this tonight is going to be Hillary's most important speech of her life. And, you know, it's if you're just analyzing this thing objectively – is that Hillary now has the challenge she was, you know, to capture the energy that was made in, uh, in speeches on her behalf by her husband and Barack Obama, both far better campaigners, far better politicians, more natural politicians than she is. She's at best mediocre. Now she's got to rise to this occasion. By the way, Obama referred to himself 119 times last night. Bill Clinton trying to make the case that Hillary is a change agent. How many, you know, Donald Trump answered that. He said, well, I came up with crooked crooked Hillary all by myself. They probably paid millions to come up with the, she's a change agent. The best darn change maker I've ever met in my life that Bill Clinton said about her. Obama, on the other hand, characterized Hillary as his logical successor, a woman with, who will complete the unfinished tasks of the Obama presidency. Oh, really? Well, put millions more out of the labor force? Millions more in poverty, millions more on food stamps, double the debt again. You know, rather than being a change agent, Obama said Hillary is is agent as status quo. The person that's going to keep his course on track. 
which has been awful and god-awful. Now, 73% of registered voters think we are on the wrong track. You look at Byron York pointed this out in his column today. The 73% wrong track figure is the second highest in the president's eight years in office. I mean, so if you look at it, Obama will be viewed as the, in his speech, he may have done Hillary Clinton an active disservice by tying her so closely to him. And she, how does she possibly rise to the level of the expectations that they have now set for her? And the main dynamic of this election, the dynamics of politics in America this year, is longing for outsider insurgency and change, that there's anger at the status quo. There's frustration at the political class, that failure and corruption is what Washington represents. And Obama put Hillary on the wrong side of that dynamic last night. And Bill Clinton, whose political insight is better than Obama's, he he couldn't rehabilitate an image where 70% of the American people think she's a liar, dishonest, and untrustworthy. So it's a pretty daunting challenge for her tonight. But look, you'll listen to the room, everyone's going to go nuts. Because you're talking about there is no more, there are no more moderates in the Democratic Party. They don't exist today. You know when a book just really hooks you and you just can't put it down? Well, with Audible, well, you don't have to. Discover where Audible audiobooks can take you. Now, maybe it's a book you've been wanting to read for a long time. Now, Audible has something special for everyone. So download your books or shows on your mobile device and listen anytime, anywhere. And with an unmatched selection of audiobooks, original audio shows, news, comedy, Audible is your best source for everyday entertainment. The Audible app makes listening a breeze with features like chapter navigation and narration speed control. So access your books, your shows anytime, anywhere, right from your smartphone or your tablet. Join Audible today and explore the world's leading provider of audiobooks, all beautifully performed by talented actors and narrators. Now you can start a 30-day trial and download your first audiobook for free. Just go to audible.com slash Hannity to get started. That's audible.com slash Hannity for a 30-day trial and audiobook. So Hillary tonight, she faces this dilemma that any candidate would face when they're attempting to follow a a fellow party member in the presidency. Remember George W. Bush, he had this problem in 1988. He was trying to take over for Reagan, and the only difference was then the country was in great shape, the mood was upbeat, and Reagan was leaving office, so continuity was something that people are comfortable with. In this case, which is, you know, this is why this is not about substance. All of this is, they're all trying, whether it be Michelle Obama, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Bill Clinton, Biden, Obama, Black Lives Matter. So it's an appeal to identity politics, disparate groups that traditionally, historically make up the base of the Democratic Party with no real accomplishments that they can point to. The president said he had accomplished a lot by every measure. I'm successful. No, you haven't. And that's why I keep hammering home these statistics. What the media referred to as dark, you don't think there's... You don't think the media gets their talking points from the from the DNC, which we learn Politico runs their articles by the DNC before they actually send it to their editors or that questions are being planted to CNN by the DNC or they're meeting with MSNBC representatives to tell them that you can't say that the system is rigged, even though it turned out to be rigged. You know, the Washington Times. 
the CBS, CBS News, NBC News, CNBC, Rolling Stone magazine, the Huffington Post, Mother Jones, the New Yorker, the Nation, the Boston Globe. And that's just a small snippet of headlines. They all use the term describing Donald Trump's reality check as dark. Now, if you don't know the truth about where we are, if you don't identify radical Islamic terrorism, for example, you can't possibly fight it and ultimately defeat it. It's impossible. You don't identify the crimes committed by refugees in Syria. I'm sorry, in Germany and in Belgium and in Paris and around the world. You know, how do you make the argument if you, if you can't recognize what it is that's happening and what's really going on? I mean, you got refugees. Well, now we have ISIS members assassinating, decapitating and, you know, beheading priests on an altar at a church during mass. The French media, well, they've made a big step. They're going to they've decided to publish stop publishing photos and names of terrorists in Germany. It's gotten so bad There's an article today in the Daily Mail that uh, Chancellor Merkel is ruining our country. Germans revolt over more savage attacks by Muslims in a week Four of them. And they blame ISIS terror attacks on the million refugees she welcomed in a year. As a matter of fact, 83% of Germans now see immigration as their nation's biggest challenge. Well, that's what exactly what Obama's now doing, and Hillary wants to increase by 550%. Republicans list more than 100 ISIS-linked plots that now exist against America and the West. Germany is on the edge of panic. They have a suitcase bomb that failed to explode near a government migrant office and police still hunting the man and woman that planted the device. Now, I used to be a Catholic. I'm more Christian than Catholic now. I'm very disgusted still with the Catholic Church. The Pope uh, on the priest killing says, well, yeah, the world's at war, but it's not a religious one. Well, why was he shouting Allahu Akbar at the time? You got a refugee rape victim, a pensioner in Germany, it happened in a German cemetery as she's visiting her sister's grave. She was raped by a refugee, 79 years old. Remember what happened on, what, New Year's Eve of this past year? He got video of a Muslim man angry at a delayed flight. What did he do in Frankfurt at the airport? Well, he beat up the police. So these are the, you know, what do they point to where they have been successful you can't say there's more Americans working because we have the lowest labor participation rate ever. We have a new statistic out today, which is pretty shocking. And that is that we now have America's middle class is collapsing. It's now at home ownership is at the lowest level in 50 years. This happened under Barack Hussein Obama's watch. The labor participation rate, the lowest since the 70s. You know, you have 14 million more Americans on poverty, in poverty and on food stamps. One in five American families, not a single person working. If you look at demographic breakdowns, 58% of black Americans, you have a 58% increase in, in those on food stamps. You have a 20% increase of black Americans that are not participating in the labor force. But you look at demographics and black Americans, 90% will vote for Hillary. Those that decide to actually get out and vote this year, why, I just don't know. So anyway, so Hillary tonight faces another challenge. Now, she was praised to the skies by all of these people before her. In many respects, the person they described sounded wonderful. I mean, Democrats will say anything about it. I, I honestly 
believe it could have been a doll that they nominated and Joe Biden would give the same speech. They're not really talking about Hillary. This is politics. They want the Democrats to win because they want power. With power comes corruption, continued corruption, continued influence and influence peddling. And the good old boy system stays intact. The outsider insurgent Donald Trump is a threat to that entire system, among which there are many Republicans involved. Anyway, so they're out there arguing Obama last night. There's never been a man or woman more qualified than Hillary Clinton to serve as president of the United States of America. Okay, Washington, Jefferson, Madison, Reagan, just to name a few of the presidents that are vastly better qualified. And also another problem is that the image of Hillary is totally at odds with the real Hillary. In other words, what you were fed the last three nights is propaganda, a sales pitch, misinformation, falsehoods, lies, and it's all propaganda in the in 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 an attempt to manipulate you into doubting what you really know about her. We know she's corrupt, and that's a problem for her because the image that they made is at odds with the real Hillary. And the thing that is most true about Hillary Clinton throughout her entire life, when you see her, she underwhelms, even among her supporters. There's little enthusiasm, even among Democrats. A cranky 74-year-old angry no longer Democrat, he resigned from the Democratic Party, independent socialist, Bernie Sanders. He's the guy that captured the minds and the hearts of the Democrats across the country this year. Focus groups, one after another, show that Clinton is, Hillary Clinton is almost instantly disliked. She comes across as phony and inauthentic and mechanical and joyless and unprincipled and hyperambitious and corrupt and sleazy. And voters see right through it. And the danger here is that the description of her by all of these people in the three nights that we have now witnessed here in Philly, that the reality and the myth are so jarringly different that the energy is going to drain out of the audience tonight. Now, I I would argue that's a big risk for her tonight. You know, will she finally allow the microphone to do the work for her? You know, or is she going to scream? She's about the worst public speaker I've ever seen she confuses passion with yelling and by which I mean she thinks yelling at us conveys conviction. So it really doesn't only conveys loudness and irritation among the audience. You know, we have Hillary in some of her best moments in case you want to know exactly what it is I'm talking about. And we'll play that for you in a second. She's a horrible public speaker. And I don't know why she yells and shrieks. And she does it again and again, and I get the impression that even people probably around her... And- feel no ways tired. There and there's the phony I've come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I am woman, hear me roll. This vast right-wing conspiracy that has been conspiring against my husband since the day he announced for president. You have to be a little bit crazy to run for president. I think I'm probably the most transparent person in public life. Words about me will continue to fill many archives and warehouses across the world. I don't throw anything away. I... 
I'm like two steps short of a hoarder. Um, Are you keeping a, a diary? Are you keeping good notes of what's happening? Heavens, you? no. It gets subpoenaed. I can't write anything down. <laughs> It only serves to make me more determined to achieve my final goal. The fact is, we had four dead Americans. Was it because of a protest, or was it because of guys out for a walk one night who decided they'd go kill some Americans? What difference at this point does it make? Go to the end of the line. Okay. <laughs> Why don't you go to the end of the line? If, if you you have no reason to remember, but we came out of the White House not only dead broke, but in debt. I remember landing under sniper fire. There was supposed to be some kind of a greeting ceremony at the airport, but instead we just ran with our heads down to get into the vehicles. No, wait, that's what I said when I was sleep deprived. You can read my book, and I said something very different. And that means we gotta be kinder. Wait, you want me to tell you what my husband thinks? My husband is not the Secretary of State, I am. And we have to be more compassionate and empathetic and put our mindful, thank you. You ask my opinion, I will tell you my opinion. I'm not going to be channeling my husband. Even here at home, we have to stand up for women's rights and reject efforts to marginalize any one of us. Don't you someday want to see a woman president of the United States of America? Well, but I am all about new beginnings. Another new hairstyle, a new email account. <laughs> I am sick and tired of people who say you debate and you disagree with this administration, somehow you're not patriotic and we should stand up and say we are Americans and we have a right to debate and disagree wow. with any administration. Any administration. Is that Hillary showing up tonight? I'll tell you one thing Hillary's got to worry about is the supporters of Jill Stein. That's now taking center stage for the Democrats. So, you know, is she going to try and humanize herself? Or is she just a hopeless project? We'll find out. If I were her speechwriter and advisor, I well, you know what? I'm not going to tell them what. Why would I give them advice? Because I know exactly what I would do if I was in charge of this this absolute mess of a candidate. So, um, well, anyway, you know, she's got some radicalism too that we'll get to later in the show. We got Mike Pence, we got Newt Gingrich. Let's get to some calls here. As we say hi to Eric, he's in New York City holding down the fort for me. We'll be back tomorrow. Eric, on the all-new 710 WOR, The Talk of New York. How are you? Great. Hi, Sean. How you doing? I'm good. What's going on? Uh, so you brought up the point before about the flags not being at the convention. It made me notice uh, something very striking, that the Clinton Kane campaign poster does not have any sort of American symbolism in it. No red, white, and blue, no stars no stripes, which is baffling to me. Well, it's, it's, you know, how do I say this without getting myself in trouble? Um, now everyone, all of a sudden, everyone's ears perk up. Everyone's ears perk up here. Well, you've got to understand something. There is a worldview out there that America is evil. There's a worldview that America is the problem. 
there's a worldview that America is not the land of the free and the home of the brave and the America that saved us from communism and fascism and Nazism and imperial Japan. Remember, for the first time in her adult life, Michelle Obama was proud of her country eight years ago. And later on in this program today, we're going to go out on the streets and I've heard the tape already and ask people what is the number one state sponsor of terror and people here in Philly will tell you it's America. And we'll ask, which is the most evil country in the world? They'll tell you it's America. We're not making this up. This is all yeah. real. So there is a worldview that they're playing into, that America is fundamentally racist, that police are evil, that police are out to kill. They wake up in the morning and their hope is to go kill innocent children. It's insane. It's not true. The facts don't back any of this up. That America is not fair, that the rich 1% are stealing, that pharmaceuticals that make drugs that save our lives and cure cancer and get us off of cancer and, and, and so on and so forth, that they're evil profiteers, that we rape and pillage the planet for profit. That's a narrative that they advance, that ISIS and air conditioning are as equal a threat to the country. That, you know, jobs, if only we gave jobs to jihadis, they would like us better. It is a worldview that represents the modern liberal leftist Democratic Party, unfortunately. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone. Remember, there was a chant yesterday, no USA, no USA. And actually played that, chanted that yesterday in the hall. Meanwhile, Donald Trump calls our military a disaster. He cozies up to Putin, praises Saddam Hussein. And I promise you, our strength, our greatness, does not depend on Donald Trump. Look around you, Democrats. The diversity in this room reflects all of America, not part of America, not like last week's Republican convention. My fellow Democrats, I challenge you to take all of Donald Trump's hateful energy and turn it into the fuel we need to take back the House. We cannot get there with the serial divider, Donald Trump. A bottomless vessel of egotism who exploits every fault line to advance his favorite cause himself. No wonder Republican leaders oppose equal pay for women and refuse to stand up for working mothers trying to balance career and family. That's why they'd let your boss fire you for using birth control and force us to undergo invasive transvaginal ultrasounds. They don't respect women. They don't trust women. They want to control women. Now, Donald Trump, on the other hand, does not believe in science. If the Chinese were really capable of designing some kind of diabolical farce to hurt America, they wouldn't invent global warming. They'd invent Donald Trump. Last week at the Republican convention, Trump conjured up a host of dark threats, but never once mentioned the words climate change or global warming. It's because there's always been a growing middle class. This guy doesn't have a clue about the middle class. Not a clue. It's a choice between a commander-in-chief and a bankrupter-in-chief. Uh, it's a choice between the Secretary of State and the Secretary of Hate. Donald Trump is a bounce check, but Hillary Clinton is money in the bank. If Donald Trump and my buddy Mike Pence have their way, this slide into hatred and bigotry 
will only get worse. Trump says he wants to run the nation like he's running his business? God help us. I'm a New Yorker, and I know a con when I see one. We're going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it, believe me. We're going to destroy ISIS so fast, believe me. There's nothing suspicious in my tax returns, believe me. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity show, our last day here in Philly. That is, of course, from the DNC, Alice in Wonderland. Everything is perfect. The 70% of Americans that think we're on the wrong track must be smoking crack convention. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number. You want to be a part of the program. Joining us now, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. He's been with us now for the entire two weeks with his analysis of everything. Here's here's my take of this convention. It's, it's every single element and, and again, you go to identity politics that they have put together to prop up Hillary all week, somebody that is infinitely unlikable, a, a moderate politician at best, no track record, so to speak of, but it's Michelle Obama, it's Bernie Sanders, it's Elizabeth Warren, it's Bill Clinton, it's Joe Biden, it's, it's Black Lives Matter, it's Barack Obama. Um, but I don't hear any solutions to the nation's problems except they're telling the 70% of Americans that think they're in the wrong track, everything's just, just fine. What are you talking about? It's all great. Well, I think, first of all, this is, is clear a choice between two different worlds, as I can remember. You have Trump, who represents people who believe that America's in trouble. Uh, you have uh, these guys telling us, hey, everything is terrific, it's all fine, don't worry about it. You couldn't get much bigger gap than you have between these two visions of America. And people are going to have to decide. I, I just noticed that the um, home ownership rate, which came out this morning from the Census Department, is the lowest it has been uh, in 51 years. Uh, now, you can decide that doesn't really matter, or you can decide that's one more example that this economy is not working very well and that we really need change, we really need a new approach. And, of course, in Philadelphia, the, the Democrats have to say, and they have to say after eight years, everything's basically working, and maybe we need a few little small tweaks. Uh, I don't happen to think that's true, and I think most Americans don't think that's true, but that has to be their position because they're the party of the incumbent Democratic president, and they're the party of the left. They, they can't be for bold, dramatic reform because that would, that would literally involve them. Uh, in having to repudiate themselves and repudiate their allies. So that, that's why I think you, you see what we're currently seeing. But it's really what they're asking for is a doubling down. I mean, a doubling down. Well, give us more time and maybe your health care costs won't increase 40 percent a year. And, and you might even get your doctor back one day or you might get to get a new plan sometime, even though we promised you you could keep your plan if you want to keep your plan. You know, look, the numbers to me is staggering. And I know I'm a broken record, but I'm a broken record on these facts because it's so startling and shocking to the conscience of of any thinking American. But when you have one in five American families without a single family member in the labor force and the president goes out last night and says almost by every measure we've improved things. And then the labor participation rate, it's the, the lowest level since the 1970s. And then he added millions, tens of millions more to, to poverty and food stamps. And then you look at a doubling of the debt. 
you know, you know, you put all of that together in a foreign policy that has been a, an utter unmitigated disaster. I, I am. It's breathtaking to watch them act as though everything's great. Well, look, first of all, for a lot of them, it is. Remember, this is the party of big government. This is a party. I mean, all of those bureaucrats and all those teachers unions and all those lobbyists and all those crony capitalists don't care about the tail. They want to keep uh, the Democrats in the White House because they want the money to keep flowing. They know that where the Republicans stand for a stronger small business, a stronger job-creating private sector, they really stand for paying more and more and more to bureaucracies, no matter how incompetent they are. So they're trapped into a position where it is very hard for them to be for very dramatic reform, and they just have to keep repeating this stuff and hope it works. You know, I spent a lot of time going over issues involving Obama's uh, radicalism in 2007 and 2008, and I do remember you think that I was going a little bit over the top at one point, and I remember you called me and told me that. But I did. Well, I'm not, this is not a I told you so. This is just that I just it, it really was startling to me. The associations he had, his okay. life, his background. You, you, OK, look, we're old friends. You're allowed one. I told you so. <laughs> no, but you were with me most of the way. Well, look, everybody saw Reverend Wright, the Church of GD America. And then I just went a little deeper into Frank Marshall Davis and black liberation theology and him being an Alinsky disciple and acorn organizer and, you know, hanging out with Ayers and Dorn. It, it kind of took me back a bit. But, you know, looking back at Hillary's past, you know, remember Seize the Time? Well, Hillary Clinton, you may I think you may probably know this. As a matter of fact, I think you mentioned this one day. Remember Bobby Seal, the Black Panther? He was a co-founder, ordering the allegedly ordering the murder of police at a police informant in New Haven, Connecticut. Now, when you look at this, you know, there's a book written. Well, I think you know about this, that the time is now to wage relentless revolutionary struggle against the fascist uh, demagogic ruling class uh, and their low sadistic pigs. Power to the people seize the time. Do you know where that comes from? Um, I, I thought it came from his book, from Silver Book. It came from a publication that Hillary was the assistant editor of. Ah, that's right. She, she, she spent part of her Yale career as the assistant editor of the radical alternative newspaper, which clearly favored uh, killing police, which routinely ran cartoons showing pigs, at one point, had a cartoon showing a pig that had been decapitated, uh, had had its head cut off, um, and and uh, you know, she, she, and, and her whole career in that period is very hard left, mm-hmm. uh, which is why it was funny the other night. You know, as I and, and you and I talked about it after, as I'm watching Bill Clinton give us this this fantasy version of Hillary's life, and he just happens to skip past, you know, her her being part of an ACLU activist group that was monitoring the Black Panther trial in New Haven happens to skip past her working for a Communist Party law firm in California that was actively defending Black Panthers. Uh, All those things did, you know, he just focused on, you know, she always worked for children. She was always concerned about children. Well, actually, there was a lot of fairly strange stuff early on in her her law career. Uh, And she clearly was part of the 
kind of uh, anti-establishment radicalism of that era. And uh, and I think the, uh, the the alternative newspaper is just a piece of that. Well, here's the the reason I bring up Obama's radicalism, because Hillary has a very similar past. Not quite as maybe extreme as Bill Ayers and Bernadine Dorn, but but pretty extreme in her own right. And Dick Morris writes a column today, and, and he gave out what Bill Clinton said about her. Quote, in law school, Hillary worked on legal services for the poor. Well, he writes, well, the facts are Hillary's main extracurricular activity in law school was helping the Black Panthers on trial in Connecticut for torturing and killing a federal agent. She went to court every day as part of a law student monitoring committee trying to spot civil rights violations and develop a grounds for appeal. Bill said that Hillary spent a year after graduation working on children's rights projects for for poor kids. And Dick Morris points out, no, Hillary interned with the head of the California Communist Party, where he represented the Black Panthers, traveled all the way to San Francisco to take an internship with the guy. Bill says Hillary could have written her own job ticket, but she turned down all lucrative job offers Well, Dick Morris writes, she flunked the D.C. bar exam, flunked it, is a matter of of record, and only passed the Arkansas bar. bar. So, I mean, she has, it seemingly, which is ignored by so many, a pretty radical leftist, hardcore past. Does she just do a better job hiding it than Obama did? Well, I also think, remember, when she was very young, I think uh, in undergraduate in college, she became a good personal friend of Saul Alinsky, who's probably the leading radical uh, anti-American government, anti-middle class, anti-police uh, writer uh, in the last hundred years. And Alinsky's books and Alinsky's writing all represent a desire for a revolutionary change. She was very close to him, and she used to regularly have coffee with him and talk with him. Uh, and I think it's in that period that... I mean, none of this would be coming up except that Bill Clinton wants us to believe in a fantasy version that never existed. Uh, and since he went back and began to describe how Hillary was at Yale and shortly after Yale, it's fair, I think, to look at the record. And, and I'll be very curious to see these various uh, blogs that look for facts and all that stuff, political fact, et cetera. If they look at what Clinton said and then they look at the actual record, they're going to have to to conclude that he gets four Pinocchios because he was profoundly misleading about her primary activities in that period. Yeah. You know, the, the media has made such a big deal over Donald Trump saying, and su- they, they were suggesting that somehow Donald Trump was trying to get Vladimir Putin to sabotage the United States and the State Department and break into a server of Hillary Clinton's and get emails and then release them because the media might pay a lot of attention to it. And they literally said he's encouraging Putin to to sabotage and engage in cyber warfare against the United States. There's one problem with their theory and in, in their analysis. Well, the server doesn't exist anymore, and we're told the emails were deleted. Well, well for, furthermore, the, the server was not in the State Department, so we're not talking about State Department activity. The, the server was in, uh, I think, her home in the basement or something. Uh, the fact is, she said the only two things that were deleted were totally personal, so I don't quite understand how there can be some big uh, issue of national security if all they're going to find are personal emails about, you know, what yogurt she's eating or going to yoga class or uh, notes she's writing about weddings, etc. If that's all that's in there, how can that be a national security problem? 
Yeah, it can't be. That's the point. Uh, anyway, listen. Uh, what else do we have? Here? Oh, I gotta, I gotta take a break. All right, are you with us tonight, or are you? I'm, I'm going to be there this evening for the grand closing, and the, yeah. it should be a lot of fun. Last night was great fun. I'm it sure was so tonight fun. will be too. Let me last question. Seeing the two conventions, very quick. Who do you think is going to win this? No, I think I think Trump will win only, only because he's closer to the reality of most Americans who are worried about the country and don't think this happy talk is real. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Newt Gingrich, thanks so much for being with us. 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free telephone number if you want to be a part of the program. At the bottom of the hour, or I'm sorry, at the top of the next hour, we'll check in with Governor Mike Pence, the vice presidential nominee running with Donald Trump. Also, Ami Horowitz hit the streets of Philly again. He'll join us next. Who's the biggest state sponsor of terror in the world? I believe our country is and our corporations that want to profit is it fair to say that we are the biggest state sponsor of terror in the world? Huh. Yeah. Is the United States the biggest state sponsor of terror oh, in yeah, the world? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, in a roundabout way, somehow we, we have our hands in every bit of it. Yeah. Would yeah. you say the U.S. is the biggest state sponsor of terror in the world? Absolutely. No question about that. Yes. We're dropping, we're drone killing their families, their babies, their, their children, their mothers, their grandmothers. We're killing them all the time. Now, let's say somebody come along and killed your baby. You're sitting there with your baby dead next to you. How would you, you respond? You might be a little angry. Would you say the U.S. is the most evil country and spraying the most evil in the world? Yeah. No question about that, right? Right. I mean, North Korea, Iran, Sudan, yeah. nothing comparable to the United States, right. right? I do think that we have a lot to okay. do with the evil, yeah. Well, short answer, I'd probably say the United States. You think the United States is the most evil, represents the most evil country, the most evil force in the world? Oh, absolutely. Fair to say the U.S. is the most evil influence in the world? At the moment, yes. have it 24 now till the top of the hour the sounds of the city of brotherly love and that of course the democratic national convention the alice in wonderland convention mike pence the republican vice presidential nominee will come and join us at the top of the uh, hour yes in the minds of these leftist statists it is the united states of america not iran not syria not terrorist group. We are the biggest state sponsor of terror in the world. The U.S. is most evil. And yes, when you heard F the police, that was from the group Black Lives Matter. Same people that say, what do we want? Dead cops. When do we want them now? Pigs in a blanket. Fry them like bacon. The same people consulting Hillary Clinton on issues involving the criminal justice system. The same people with multiple invitations to the White House to meet with the anointed one. Barack Hussein Obama. And by the way, if you're white, 
get you got to no. If you're white, you go to the back. White people go to the back. Nope, nope. This black and brown people up front. Another example of Black Lives Matter. Anyway, here the people gathering the sounds of the city of brotherly love. Griff Jenkins, Fox News correspondent, also Ami Horowitz, political satirist, filmmaker. Uh, welcome both of you uh, back to the show. Thanks for being with us. Hey, Sean. Yeah. All right. So you go out and you ask these simple questions, Ami. And who's the biggest state sponsor of terror? I mean, are you editing these tapes or is this like everybody giving the same answer? That's a great question. And I want to be very, very clear about this. Without exception, not a single person who I spoke to gave me a different answer. We have to understand the absolute extreme views of the mainstream Bernie supporters. These are not people where you have a certain segment of their, of their population which is extreme. This is mainstream thought within their group, and that's the problem that people don't realize. Well, I mean, the fact that they think America is the biggest state sponsor of terror and that we're the most evil n- nation and the fact that the people that say F the police and they want dead cops and white people get in the back, that they have access to not only the president, but the Democratic Party's nominee to be president, and that they were prominently featured on the stage an entire night here, and the convention hall shouting repeatedly Black Lives Matter, in spite of all of this radicalism, it just takes one back. It takes me back. I can't believe, you know, this is roughly 47% of the population, because I've got to imagine starting out that Hillary Clinton will get 46, 47% of the vote. There's a real hatred. We have to be clear about this. There's a real hatred for America and American values among the left. And if they look at America's, you know, it, its cultural role in the world, its economic role in the world, all the things that you and I say is what makes America great, they look at that and say that's the imperialistic America trying to export and force its views on other people. That's, the, that's essentially what their view is at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. All right. So, Griff, you've been out and about for the Fox News Channel. And uh, what's the reaction from for, on from your perspective? Do you actually put a Fox News Channel mic on your uh, on your microphone, uh, you know, a label or do you just go out with no label at all? <laughs> you know, Sean, I do put a Fox News mic flag on my mic, not to draw attention, but because I'm proud to work for Fox News Channel. And if they don't want to talk to me and they don't want the coverage, then that's their loss, not ours. Although it did apparently get me flipped off during a live shot on Tuesday, which uh, I'm sure my mother wasn't proud, but this tells a little bit about uh, some of these protesters and, and uh, their values. I'm actually calling you. You may hear in the background, we're at yet another protest. It's black men for Bernie. They're here at uh, City Hall. They've gathered every day. Uh, and then it looks like what may be the culmination, and it's worth pointing out, by the way, that you know this level of protest, this animal was not at the RNC because I've covered the protest city for Greta and on the record every single way from the RNC and the DNC. But the level of animosity we saw on Tuesday in that Black Lives Matter is something that has certainly been a pinnacle. Tonight at 6 o'clock on the eve of Clinton, Hillary Clinton's speech, uh, they're expecting a flag to be burned by a communist leader here right at the gates, right outside where you'll be in touch, Sean. Yeah, well, I can't wait to get there. Well, then it raises a lot of the other questions that we've had come up throughout the week, and that is, you know, where were the American flags on day one? Where are the references to ISIS uh, during this convention? Uh, on day one, there was zero with 61 speakers. Well, why are Palestinian flags being waved on the floor? Uh, 
to me, all important questions. And, and a more important issue that Rudy Giuliani revealed to me last night is, do you know the cops have been banned from actually going on the convention floor? Well, if I can jump in there and just throw this out there, Sean, the Philadelphia police, Commissioner Richard Ross, the real story here that you're not hearing much about. And every night when I'm talking to Greta, I've taken a moment to highlight them. They are doing a phenomenal, phenomenal job here, keeping the peace, keeping everyone safe. There have been no incidences of violence between police and protesters. They've let them have their First Amendment rights. They've kept them in line. They've actually not arrested one person. There's been over 300, I mean, uh, 103 uh, citations for disorderly conduct, but they haven't actually arrested anyone, thrown them in jail. It's remarkable the job they've done. They love you, Sean. They, uh, they asked me about you. I posted on Instagram and Twitter today a picture of Sergeant Brian Hennessy, and he said to me, I kidding, I kid you not, he said, where's Sean Hannity? Tell him I said hi. I met him in an event somewhere on the road. So the story here is, is also the tremendous job the cops are doing here in law enforcement and keeping the peace here. What about the Bernie supporters? I'll ask both of you, Ami. What has what, what your experience been with them? About, I'm sorry, the, the supporters of? Bernie Sanders. Listen, they, they are, uh, these are now I've got another video that we'll, we'll, you and I will talk about later, but these are not people who accept other people's belief systems, okay? That's the bottom line, is that there is no, t- despite the fact they're all about true love and peace and peace and love, man, there is no acceptance of other people's views. They have no toleration for other views, Republican views. And I think, you know, what's interesting, you made the point about the Republican flag not being, I'm sorry, the, the, the U.S. flag not being on the stage that first night. Well, I think that speaks to a lot of not just Bernie supporters, but frankly, mainstream Democratic thought. Right? Obama thought. Don't you remember it was his wife who said, for the first time, she's proud to be an American? That's a disgusting, horrible thing to say. I'm sorry. And I think that's unfortunately reflective of the situation we find today. And the Bernie supporters are just an extreme version of that. But when I say extreme, they're half the Democratic electorate. Right. Right. You know, I want to go and, you know, you look at this city, for example. I've talked to a lot of the cops in this city, you know, um, waving the the Palestinian. I even saw a Soviet flag and you have a Philly cop. His name is uh, Jesse Hartnett, I think is his name. You know, here's a guy that is a, a cop's cop. I mean, I'm watching all of this. What about this? guy what about his family the cop shot by a radical islamist in january did they talk about him this happened only in january did they talk about the cops in dallas did they talk about the cops in 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 baton rouge no did they they talk about michael brown yeah michael brown robbed a store intimidated a clerk fought a cop for his gun charged the cop and he got killed okay i feel sorry for the kid's mother in there i mean listen Officer uh, Hardnett received the Man of the Year from the National Law Enforcement Officers Memorial Fund. A tremendous honor. This is a cop that stood out. We did a package on it. I did a package on it and interviewed the commissioner for that back in April. And that has not come up. And if I could just add one quick thing to Ami's comment on the Sanders supporters. Listen, if I had to sum it up in one word, I would say they're just defeated. They've suffered four solid days of scorching temperatures. They've gotten uh, the proof they needed that the DNC uh, handed them a raw deal, to put it bluntly. And now uh, most of the delegates or Sanders that I talked to in the in the protest crowd out here have thrown their hands up and said, I'm done. I'm not even going back in. So they seem yeah. to have given up. And now we're seeing news today that uh, that uh, Bernie Sanders may be going back to the Independent Party right. and actually leaving the Democrat Party as well. You're both on the streets And I don't think that the media has fully and completely captured the level of 
of rancor and, and resentment and hostility uh, from the Bernie Sanders supporters, especially in light of the emails and the release by WikiLeaks of, let's see, anti-Semitic strategies, uh, gay slurs, racist slurs, misogynist statements in the DNC emails, etc. Um, are you hearing a lot more about that than what is being reported when you're out and about on the streets of Philly? Absolutely. Um, in fact... I asked almost every Bernie supporter I found about how they view Hillary Clinton and the Democratic Party. And let me tell you something. They are lumping, and you know how much they hate the Republicans. They are lumping the Democratic Party and the Republican Party into one basket. They view them, and you feel, they, they all have these signs, the oligarchy. Griff's probably seen them. They're all over the Bernie Sanders supporters. And what they mean by that is the country, in their view, is basically a one-party system. They view the Democrats, Hillary and Trump, in the same basket, in the, in the pocket, in their view, of, of capitalists and Wall Street. And this is really going to be a problem for Hillary because she has driven them away. And that is almost a majority. It, it is a almost evenly split with Bernie supporters. I don't know how she's going to get their support. I really don't. Yeah, and what's the feeling? I mean, I keep hearing a lot about Stein, this, this Green Party candidate. Griff, you hear a lot about her? You know, I do. I've listened to her speak a couple times. In fact, I interviewed her, uh, I believe, on Tuesday for just a, uh, a quick moment. And uh, I, I asked her sort of pointedly, I said, listen, what is your message to the Sanders supporters who now uh, have kind of come to the end of the road? And she said uh, that her message is the closest to Sanders and that she hopes that all of his followers will rally behind her and will in some way force the issue so that she can get into the debate. Uh, and as you know, Sean, that would take a tremendous uh, uh, amount of moving heaven and earth uh, to, to qualify. And I think she's probably actually beyond the point at this point that she could. In the most recent poll I saw last week, which I believe was the CNN poll, uh, Gary Johnson was at like 6%, Jill Stein at 3%. So, uh, yeah. you know, this independent party thing is not going to happen, but at least there's folks that, that still believe in, and nobody believes it more than Jill Stein, that she's going to have this uh, Green Party independent uh, right. Run, Ami, you uh, hearing the same thing? Absolutely. Uh, I, Jill, whenever you ask them, well, who are you going to support? They say Jill Stein. Jill, Jill Stein, I believe, is going to. I don't know if she'll get the ten percent threshold, but I think she's probably going to move over five percent, and that may that may be enough to swing the election. To be honest, that may be enough. You think it might do it? All right. Now, uh, has anybody cursed you out, spit at you, or treated you poorly out there, guys? Well, uh, Griff, you, you, you may or may not remember this, but do you remember there was a guy holding a I love uh, Trump sign yet, last night? Yes, outside of the uh, entrance to the uh, arena. Well, that was me. That's why I told you I couldn't do an interview with you. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> I, so I, I apologize that I, was, I brusquely buffed you off. But, yeah, I, standing out that sign, and, 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 again, this will be another video, but standing out that sign in, in front of the uh, Democratic con convention, I got spit on, I got F you, F Trump. It, it didn't get quite violent, but it got very, very uncomfortable comfortable certain points and it, that is a direct contrast to what it was like when i held the uh, i love hillary sign in front of the Republican convention so yeah there's there's a lot of hatred a lot of vitriol <laughs> all right guys well, I'm i gotta post, i think a picture of you on me i'm gonna take a picture of that and just to add to that <laughs> the only thing i've gotten that post on social media which is a white guy at a black lives matter flipping me off during the entire live shot i did right. right on tuesday and uh, got... somebody threw water on my cameraman uh i saw water being thrown on poor Geraldo. anyway glad you're with us thank you guys griff and Ami, thank you. It's an issue on the emails. People have apologized. We That's going to be taken care of by the DNC. But we're talking here about a government that has never been a friend, an incredibly repressive government. And the man who thinks he's going to be president of the United States stood in front of the world and called on Russia and Putin to hack into the emails of the secretary of former secretary of state. I mean, it's honestly... 
And I know I'm partisan in this, clearly. But it's honestly almost treasonous. You know who I don't trust? Hmm, I wonder. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Trump is a guy who promises a lot, but uh, you might have noticed he's got a way of saying the same two words every time he makes his biggest, hugest promises. Believe me. It's going to be great. Believe me. We're going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it. Believe me. We're going to destroy ISIS so fast. Believe me. There's nothing suspicious in my tax returns. Believe me. I wonder what's in those speeches of Hillary. News Roundup, Information Overload. Glad you are with us. It's the Sean Hannity Show. We are at the Alice in Wonderland Democratic Convention in Philly and uh, not exactly having the best time of our life. Had a much better time last week. Joining us now is the Republican VP nominee, the governor of the great state of Indiana, Governor uh, Mike Pence is with us. Governor, how are you? Glad you're with us. Hey, Sean. Thanks a lot. We're in Grand Rapids. Got a couple of uh, stops here in Michigan. Had a great night in uh, Waukesha, Wisconsin. A lot of your fans came out. Tremendous enthusiasm. Donald Trump and I are taking a message to make America great again to the four corners of this country. I couldn't be more excited. Well, there's a lot of good news. Let me give you some polling data that we have. Donald Trump has gained 17 points in roughly Two weeks, according to the Reuters online tracking, on July uh, 14th, Trump was 15 points behind Hillary Clinton, and Trump closed that gap, and he's now up by two. If you look at the daily tracking poll of the Los Angeles Times, it's now, what, 47.4 Trump and 40.1 Hillary. It's 7.3 in terms of average. Even the real clear politics average, you have Trump up in that as well. So these are pretty good numbers. I'm sure you're feeling pretty good about it. Well, we're, we're feeling very encouraged, but obviously the only poll that matters is the one that happens on Election Day. And i got to tell you, having uh, been campaigning through late yesterday, shoulder to shoulder with Donald Trump, we are, we are absolutely committed uh, to carrying this message for strong American leadership at home and abroad, reviving uh, this economy uh, through tax reform, through smarter and tougher trade deals, through security and in law and order and through a Supreme Court that respects our Constitution, carrying that message all across this country. But I got to tell you, I was in Waukesha last night, did my first solo event uh, at at the very arena uh, where uh, Scott Walker rang in his recall election victory. And he was at my side. We were over a thousand people. By the way, isn't he a, I love Scott Walker. He's a really good guy, isn't he? Uh, Scott Walker is just one of the best people I've ever known. Yeah. In public life, he's a I agree tremendous with you. He's a very governor. decent man. Well, and, and there he was. Uh, Reince Priebus uh, got us uh, kicked off for the evening. Our national chairman did such a great job last week. And Scott Walker gave a fantastic speech about the stakes in this election. And then Karen and I came out on the stage. And I got to tell you, we had over a thousand people in Waukesha. Uh, Donald Trump had uh, over 10,000 people in Toledo last night. And uh, the enthusiasm, the determination. Uh, of people all across this country to make America great again is evident at every event that we attend. When you look back at the announcement, and and I got to interview you first before anybody else, when, when, I guess this is historic, the first vice presidential 
nominee that was tweeted out as a selection, and a lot was going on in the news at the time, and then Hillary followed up and followed Donald Trump's example. But, you know, think back of other vice presidential selections, uh, nominee selections. It's not always been a smooth process. Dan Quayle comes to mind. Governor Palin went through a lot. And you've got to be happy. They have not laid a glove on you as hard as they have tried. Well, uh, look, I I have great admiration for for Sarah Palin and for Vice President Quayle. I consider both of them to be personal friends. But, look, I'm very humbled and very honored to be in this position. And I I really do believe uh, that, that Donald Trump is articulating a message that's literally resonating with millions of Americans, and it's, it's driving the mainstream media crazy. I mean, you know, his, his willingness to come out, uh, speak his mind, speak his mind passionately uh, and decisively uh, has, is, continues, to, uh, continues to drive the public debate, even, even during the week of the Democratic National Convention. But I think the contrast between his leadership and his candor and our message uh, with uh, what you're hearing from the podium at the Democratic National Convention couldn't be more stark. This is an election that is a choice between change and the status quo, uh, between uh, you know a, a political outsider and someone who personifies a failed liberal Democrat establishment, and, and the American people are rallying to his side as a result. You know, the president last night tried to lay out the case that everything's fine, which is why I'm calling this sort of like the Alice in Wonderland convention. Now, the American people, in their opinion, is at odds with that. Some 70 percent think that the country is on the wrong track and the president's praising his Iranian deal and the president's praising the economy. And I'm thinking, well, we got a statistic out today that shows home ownership now is at the lowest rate in 51 years. We know that the labor participation rate is is at the lowest number since the 1970s. We know that one in five American families don't have a single member of the family in the workplace. We know that there are millions, 14 million more Americans in poverty and on food stamps under Obama. And we've doubled the national debt. And I don't think they did a too good a job in Iraq or Syria or the Iranian deal that he was bragging about. And I think that tensions in the world have gotten far worse, nor do I think the JV team is contained and that air conditioning is as big a threat as ISIS. Well, just keep going. I don't want to interrupt you. I mean, look, it's when when I I didn't get to see the president's speech last night. We were out there with, you know, Donald was with, was with more than 10,000 supporters. By the way, over thank God. You didn't, you didn't miss much, I'll tell you. Well, I, you know, I, I heard about it, the great already speech, right? It kind of reminded me, Groucho yeah. Marx used to say, who are you going to believe, me or your own eyes, right? I mean, I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I really, you know, the American people look at a speech like that. And, you know, as you said, seven in 10 Americans think our country's on the wrong track. We see we see America declining leadership in the world. We see a struggling economy. Anything good that's happening in the American economy or back in my beloved Indiana is happening in spite of the tax increases in Obamacare and regulatory state and policies of this administration. So the, the American people know that this might be the best they can do, but it's not the best we can do. Uh, and uh with Donald Trump in the White House, we're going to unleash the full potential of this country. We're going to reestablish law and order at home, and we're going to have a strong, broad-shouldered American foreign policy all all across this uh, all across this planet. So Rudy Giuliani was on set with me last night, and yeah. when he came I into saw a the bit of it. yeah when he when he came into the convention arena, it was really interesting. Does because he, he sleep? Ta- because I saw him on with you after midnight, and then he oh, was yeah, on no- Fox and Friends. 
No, he doesn't sleep, nor do I. So, I mean, it's, it's okay. something I guess all of us pretty much have in common. But I sleep better than ever thanks to my, my pillow, which is the greatest pillow in the world, which is an advertiser on my program. So nice. in, all, in all seriousness, he talked to cops. And then I went out because I met – look, I go up to every Secret Service officer, Homeland Security right. guy, right. Uh, every, every single law enforcement person. I say thank you. I, I shake their hand. I've taken pictures with Secret Service people, police, et cetera. These, I love these people. It's sad that they're now being targeted for assassination in our country. Really scary. Oh. And, but anyway, so he told me that he came in. He met probably 200 law enforcement guys, and they're whispering in his ear, hey, we're not allowed to go down on the floor of the convention. So I checked it out, and other people confirmed it to me. Now, right? originally, yeah. they didn't have a single American flag on day right. one at all at the convention, and they were shamed into putting two of them up two days later. They didn't mention ISIS at all on day one. And by the way, that was on the heels of this priest being beheaded in a church while doing mass oh. while performing mass and i'm thinking wow how do you ignore that how you know how do you miss the single greatest threat evil in our time like this it, it is it is uh, it is breathtaking that there were 61 speakers at the podium at the democrat national convention on monday and none of them used the word isis uh, within within 24 hours of, of the barbaric attack that claimed the life of that sainted priest in, in france i think on tuesday there were five mentions uh, of this uh, of, of this terrorist caliphate um, yeah, it was mentioned uh, and, five times. All told, this, it's been mentioned like less than 12 times throughout look, three you, days of you know, convention. You know, I got, I've got a town hall in Grand Rapids uh, today and, and uh, you know, a rally over near Detroit tonight. And I got to tell you, every time I get asked by people, what's the most important issue? Look, for any president, the safety and security of the American people is is the top priority always. The security of this nation is forefront in people's minds. And, uh, and, and to have... Uh, to have the Democratic National Party not even mentioned uh, the barbaric, uh, you know, you know, enemy of our freedom in, in ISIS on the first day of their convention, I, I thought was very telling. But it's, but, and quite a contrast, obviously, from the Republican National Convention, where, again and again, you heard that clear-eyed, broad-shouldered leadership that said, "We're going to rebuild our military, and we're going to confront and destroy uh, ISIS, and uh, and and we're going to confront those." Uh, in our midst, who inspired inspired by their uh, radical Islamic ideology, would do harm against our people. So they have had now Michelle Obama. They've had Bernie Sanders. They've had Elizabeth right. Warren. They've had Bill Clinton. They've had Joe Biden. They had Black Lives Matter night. Now they they brought on the stage, for example, people like uh, Michael Brown's mother. My heart goes out to her. But Darren Wilson, we, we do have on tape her son robbing a store, intimidating a clerk, uh, black eyewitnesses that testified that, in fact, he was fighting for a cop's gun and then charging at a police officer. We didn't have any representatives of, of police or the fallen or the wives or children of the fallen on that stage. And I'm thinking, all right, so all these people now have propped up Hillary Clinton. They have tried to appeal hard to the base of their party. And now Hillary Clinton, who, in my opinion, is not a good politician, she doesn't have Obama's oratory capabilities, nor Bill's charm, takes the stage tonight, and yet 65-plus percent of the American people think she's dishonest, untrustworthy, and lies. So my question is, what does she need to do tonight to get this campaign of hers back on track, and, or could she even do that? Well, I, I, you know, you'd, you'd have to ask somebody a whole lot smarter than me about how, how Hillary Clinton can change the, uh, the, the fixed impression of the American people after her long career and her husband's long career in public life. I, I, I truly do believe the American people know 
know the Clintons. They know what they're about. Uh, you know, the, 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 the recent revelations from emails of the Democratic National Committee show a rigged system uh, where even before Bernie Sanders uh, was eliminated in the Democratic primary, Hillary Clinton and her and her national party were, were working in, in collusion on her behalf. But this is all, this is just, this is part of a pattern. Those of us that are old enough to remember, this harkens back to the days of the Clinton years. And it's just what the American people are tired of. I, I truly do believe that the reason why Donald Trump uh, has made the the extraordinary connection and marshaled a movement across this country is because his plain spoken, strong leadership and his his candor and his honesty are resonating with Americans that long me, for me, long for real change in Washington question. D.C. and they know that it will never come from Hillary Clinton or this Democratic Party. Do you? I always say to the, the Never Trumpers, and I only have about a minute left. Donald okay. Trump has told me repeatedly he will appoint originalist constitutional conservatives to the Supreme Court. He's told me me repeatedly he will repeal Obamacare and replace it. He's told me Mm -hmm. repeatedly that he is pro-Second Amendment, that he is pro-life. He's told me repeatedly that wall will be built and that we will either vet refugees or they don't get into the country. He has said he will bomb the living daylights out of ISIS. It'll be a real war on terror and and repeal and replace Obamacare, health care savings accounts, energy independence. Do you believe all of this can be accomplished in the third Seconds. We got left. Look, yeah. look. We elect we elect a strong leader like Donald Trump to the White House with a vision to make America great again. We reelect Republican majorities in the House and the Senate. Uh, you will be you will be um, stunned how quickly we can turn this ship of state and and have America standing tall on the world stage and release the boundless energy of the American people in a growing economy. Governor, if we don't do those things, I don't know if this country can ever recover. Well, I believe we. We will do those things. I think the polls that you're referring to, the enthusiasm that we see at our rallies no. today in Michigan, all over the country, is Donald Trump and I will be mm-hmm. barnstorming for, for the next three months is evidence of the fact the American people are Awakening. choosing to make America great again, and they're going to elect Donald Trump to do it. All right. Uh, I've known him for many years. By the way, aren't the phone conversations with him a trip? Isn't it? Isn't it one of the most fun guys to talk to? He's so funny. I just, I, it's a I trip, everyone. You, is, he is, these are good people. Good yeah. heart, and uh, it is such an honor for me and my little family uh, oh. to be alongside uh, Donald Trump and his you family bet. and his wonderful team. All right. Thank you, uh, Governor. Appreciate it. Governor Mike Pence, the Republican vice presidential nominee. Chaos, corruption, confusion, Black Lives Matter, Alice in Wonderland, Democratic Convention. All right. It's our final day here. Thank goodness. We'll uh, wrap things up tonight. Hillary Speaks. Can she match the rhetorical skills of those who have gone before her? Probably one of the biggest speeches she'll ever give. Will she be angry, shrill? Will she attack Donald Trump? What is her vision for America? What success does she point to, if any? What does she say to Bernie Sanders supporters now that we know she colluded with the Democratic National Committee to basically disenfranchise the voters and supporters of Bernie? Anyway, Michael is in Brunswick, Georgia. Michael, hi. How are you? Welcome to Philly and the Sean Hannity Show. Hey, Sean, thanks for taking my call. Um, yeah, you know what? I, I think we're giving Bernie, um, you need to give him a little bit of a break here. You know, it's, he's not doing bad for his first time as a Democrat. <laughs> well, actually, he's no longer a Democrat. He resigned from the Democratic Party. Yeah, I saw that. And, um, you know, I don't blame him. I was a Bernie supporter in the primaries. Um, probably going to be moving over to, to the Libertarian Party for the general. 
But, um, yeah, you know, it, it basically confirmed everything we knew about the Democrats already. And um, they're interested in status quo. They're not interested in moving forward. They're not so what, so what does doing- somebody like you do? I mean, um, <clears throat> there are about 20 percent, according to some polls, of, of Bernie supporters that say, you know what? They like Trump on trade. They think Trump will get jobs back, that they're tired of, of millions more Americans. The Democrats have doubled the, the debt. They've. They've put millions more in poverty and on food stamps and uh, out of the labor force. It just hasn't worked for the the hardworking average American. And they're saying, all right, well, maybe Donald Trump's serious. He's been a job creator his whole life. Would you think about him? Well, no, I think uh, Trump represents regression history. Uh, Hillary represents status quo. And I think it's it's just time for this nation to go. So what are you going to do? So you, you got screwed. You were disenfranchised. What are you going to do as a Bernie supporter? Well, I'm going with um, Gary Johnson. Libertarian the Libertarian Party. Gary Johnson. What's right. that? Uh, he has no shot at all. I think it's a waste well, no, of time. No, he doesn't but... have a shot. But the, what I'm looking for mostly is a, is a takedown of the two-party system. I, w- I would love to have us three or four parties that we can actually get in there and really wrestle with some ideas. Um, and Libertarians, they're, they're half of what I want. They're... I'm not so much with the fiscal conservatism that, that they like to promote, but but I am with the social freedoms and the things like that, the non-interventionist national, uh, foreign policy. Well, look at um, Trump. Trump's, Trump's saying we've got to get out of these international skirmishes whenever possible, and our best national interests aren't in, in place. Remember, he keeps saying America first on foreign policy. Well, you know I, I get that. I get that. I don't buy it, but uh, but I get I get what he's saying. I don't know how um, we're going to completely take out ISIS, but still be, you know, but be non-interventionist. Well, let me play time. something that Gary Johnson said. He, Gary Johnson is kind of sounding like Hillary and, and Obama, you know, saying everything's great in America. And I'm like, what? Again, it's Alice in Wonderland to me. You know, have have things ever been better in America? I don't think they have. I think we communicate better with one another. I think kids are smarter than ever, and number one law enforcement tool uh, is our smartphones. You know, life is good. First of all, we pay more money per capita per student than any other country on earth, and we're like 35th for crying out loud. And I, I know, I know. I would love it if we were more like socialist Finland in, in, in that regard. We no, would it doesn't do have to be. How about you give? We how about you? Capita on health care. So, well, we spend um, more I, I money on health care. But I got to run. Appreciate it. Let's get to another. Let's see. Cincinnati, Ohio, 55 KRC. Eric is next. Eric, welcome to the Alice in Wonderland. Chaos, corruption, confusion, Black Lives Matter convention. What's up, sir? What's up, Sean? So I'm kind of glad you talked to this guy less because he's, he's, he's making my point, but I want to preface it with this uh, back. Okay, so anytime that I talk to a Hillary supporter, Bernie supporter, I'm talking to a wall, okay? There's nothing that I can say that will persuade them to change their mind. If Hillary can do what she has done, and they can, she can still get millions and millions of votes. I feel like I'm wasting my time talking to them. So I'm going to ask you, are we wasting our time focusing on Hillary? Should we, should we really kind of go out and get these people who are on the fence, who don't really know who to vote for, or who are going towards Gary Johnson because they don't even know what he represents? You know- Listen, at the end of the day, I mean, I've learned I don't think I can convince people. I can just tell people the truth and tell them facts. You know, I look at this never Trump movement and, 
you know, I, look, I love Eric Erickson. He's a friend of mine. He's praising Slick Willie the other night. Apparently, there is a a a big conference that's taking place in August with like Ben Sass and Glenn Beck and Ted Cruz and and others. And I'm and Ken Cuccinelli. I, you know, I like a lot of these people. I have a lot of respect for these people. But here's my right. case. Here's my case for Trump. If you want it, I keep it really simple. He's pro life. He's pro Second Amendment. He gave us a list of justices on that issue alone. I could vote for Donald Trump over Hillary Clinton. Right. I, I like the idea of building a wall. I like the idea of repealing Obamacare and, and some version of health savings accounts and competition and portability that he has discussed. I like certainly love the fact that he can recognize radical Islam. I agree with him about America's role in the world. I think if we're not going to fight wars and win them and we're going to pull out and politicize them, we better be very, very careful about any interventionism. But yet we do need to bomb the living crap out of ISIS and, yes, take control of the oil. So, I mean, this to me is, you know, apparently Glenn Beck took a shot at me yesterday. I have no idea how Sean Hannity sleeps at night. And I wrote him back, I sleep absolutely, absolutely fine thanks to my pillow and the fact that I know that we're going to get better Supreme Court choices. We're going to get a wall built, that we're going to get energy independence, that we have somebody that supports the Second Amendment and the, and the right to life and a whole bunch of issues. And, you know, I think some people have become so myopic and so locked in to a position that they have taken. You know, for example, I know that Ted Cruz was out there saying, well, Trump's going to appoint liberal justices like his sister. Well, I didn't see his sister's name on his list. Um, I saw... I saw Mike Lee's brother on the list. I saw a list of people. When I looked up their backgrounds and their histories, I was beyond impressed. It looks like a Scalia replacing a Scalia to me. So anyway, it is what it is. Let me go. I appreciate it. Nicholas, Houston, Texas, KTRH. Nicholas, hi. How are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean. I want to thank you for taking my call today. Yes, sir. Uh, First thing I want to say is I I think you're one of the most brilliant minds um, in, in the political game right now. I'm a young black African-American male. Um, uh, I support the Black Matters movement, um, but at the same time, uh, I respect your position uh, because you never ran from a from an argument or a debate. When you put your opinion out there, you bag it up with facts, and you welcome anybody to, to call you and challenge that. And uh, that's just why I'm giving you a call well, I appreciate your, your kind words. I really do. Thank you. So what's on your mind uh, today? Well, I was listening yesterday, and uh, uh, something kind of um, kind of struck, struck a chord with me uh, yesterday when you were speaking. Um, you were talking about the Chicago, um, all the lives lost in Chicago, over 3,000 3, um, black-on-black um, uh, murders from um, black-on-black crime. Well, they're not all well, black-on-black, but a lot of them are. 3,470-plus, yeah. Right. Well, I just wanted to basically speak on that and then kind of try to clarify uh, the Black Black Lives Matters movement. Um, the main thing that strikes the core with uh, with young black people when, when we hear that is that uh, as a young black man growing up um, in, in the ghetto myself, I'm a truck driver now. I had I had to get out. There was a choice that I had to make for myself. I've lost numerous friends to black on black crime. But what people don't understand is they're to- those are two totally different issues. When you speak on young black men getting killed, particularly from law enforcement, and you hear somebody rebuttal, you, first thing you hear is, "Yeah, this kind of messed up. It's wrong." But you guys are killing each other all the time. All the time. That's a, a, a slap in the face because no, it's as, not. As it's people, it's we, not a slap in the know, face. Every time but, I step but, but out let me my door in the hood you. or in the ghetto, 
there's a chance that I might lose my life. I, I know Look. this, and the things that I do to pre prevent that from happening happening is going by the street code. Number one, you don't you don't involve yourself in illegal activities. If you do, that's a decision you've already made. You know, there's a fifty percent chance that you won't Nicholas, make it. To the next I, Nicholas, stay with me here. Right, well, don't I'm not cutting you off. I want you to listen to me here. By the way, 2016 has now so far been the deadliest year for law enforcement in decades. Now, the number of cops shot is up 78% this year. Yes, so there's, a, now there's now an open warfare on police officers. That's number one. I do number, agree. number two, you know, the problem is if they would have brought on families, even David Axelrod said this, of police officers when they brought up Michael Brown's mother, and I feel sorry for her. But Michael Brown, in my opinion, brought that death upon himself by his actions. You know, in the case of Trayvon Martin, a little more controversial, you have an eyewitness saying that, that George Zimmerman's head was being grounded and pounded into concrete and that he saw it. That's why George Zimmerman was acquitted in that case. I understand okay. the pain of Trayvon Martin's mother. But when you, you know, they you see, my argument is, is that if it doesn't fit the racial narrative that Obama wants to advance. That's why he speaks out without any facts, without any due process, without any evidence, and without the presumption of innocence in the case of Trayvon or the Cambridge police or in Ferguson or even the, the case of Freddie Gray in Baltimore. And he does well, a disservice by speaking about those highly charged, high-profile cases while simultaneously ignoring during his presidency the deaths of 3,470-plus people in Chicago. And to well, me, well, that well, that's all political well, like, to me. Like I was saying, a lot of those, uh, uh, mo the majority of those cases, and you know the numbers better than I do, the, the, the majority of those cases, and I'll try to give you a, a clear analogy, the majority of those cases are directly, the black-on-black -black crime I'm talking about, is directly resulted from drug drug related crime but it's his home city but wait a minute it's his home city i'll ask you a question you're in houston texas do you yeah. know the name can you name one person of those 3470 plus the name of one person that was killed no, and you know i cannot but you know what you know what jumps in my head immediately not what? the young men but the the children that were killed in the middle of those there are two year olds. I completely, I completely, it's I completely horrible. agree with you on that note. But when you when you when you use that rebuttal as, as a direct rebuttal to say, well, I well, understand what you're saying, but you all need to deal with that first. This this this. I, 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 did, I never said those to words. Having, so. To you having a, a drug abusive um, a family member in your family. I understand, but but wait a minute. I've never said that. I am saying. That I don't say Black Lives Matter. I'm a Christian. I think that we're all created by God. We're all imperfect. We're all all have sinned and fallen short. And but through the grace of God, go all of us. That's what I believe. You know the problem when don't you have a problem when you have Black Lives Matter saying you white people you get in the back, black and brown in the front. Or do you have a problem when they chant, what do we want, dead cops, when do we want them now? Or when they chop, they they chant as they have been, f the police. And then they get to advise Hillary Clinton on criminal justice matters, and they get to go to the White House repeatedly and meet the president of the United States. Don't you think there's something wrong with that? Or at a convention, they're chanting Black Lives Matter, a group that has said these horrific things. Don't, well, would the, you the, well, well, what, been, what, what, should be, what should have been the name of the party is Citizens Against Police Brutality, because I'll be the first to tell you, 
that I go to countries, all states all across the country, and I'll be the first to admit, as a young black man, racism is not as extensive as people make it seem. I'm on a seesaw every day because I see I see these these killings on the news. I see this rhetoric. I see this rhetoric on the news, and it puts me in a very bad place. And then I go out and I go in this country and I deal with white individuals on a daily basis that are an exact opposite of what we see on the television. But, but, but listen, I can tell, I can tell you the truth. Listen, most police. people, most people, black and white, understand what we understand, and that is, you know, we're all all children of the same God. Period. But I'm, I'm going to say one thing to you. You wouldn't associate with people that chanted they want dead cops. You wouldn't associate with people that say you white people get in the back. You wouldn't associate with, with people like that. Why does the president and Hillary Clinton? Isn't that wrong? Because I don't think you'd associate with them, would you? Well, no, no, I would not. And every time I run into a Black Lives Matter um, person that, that with that type of rhetoric, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the first one to, to correct them. But what happens is they are in the political game. I don't, I don't like what wow. Obama has done for the country. You've opened my eyes up to a lot of that. Obama has done nothing for the country. We are in a very I, I've bad got, I've got a break but right now. Yeah, 58% increase in black Americans on food stamps and in poverty. A 20% increase of blacks uh, out of the labor force since Obama's been president. I'm sorry, he hasn't helped black America, white America, Hispanic America, Asian America. I wish, hey, call back again. I really enjoyed talking to you. Hollywood is under siege from an external force. Now, the same Hollywood that sold the American dream, they are now making nightmares a reality. Many major films make choices to appease the Chinese Communist Party to be distributed in China. Now, you can join Tiffany Meyer, an investigative reporter in the Hollywood Takeover, brought to you by the Epic Times, where she reveals how the CCP exerts control over some of the major studios. Now, don't miss the most important documentary about Hollywood yet. And for a limited time, you can watch the first 10 minutes for free at HollywoodTakeover.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Joe Biden wants you taxed to the brink, under the thumb of the IRS, and controlled with a digital dollar. That's why thousands of hardworking patriotic Americans are opting out by diversifying their savings with the top-rated precious metals company, Gold Co., Right now, Gold Co. is offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. So don't wait. Go to HannityGold.com to learn how to get started today. That's HannityGold.com. Hey, Sean Hannity here. If you're in a situation where you feel threatened, well, instinct, that might drive you to reach for a lethal means immediately. But we all want to avoid the irreversible consequences of using deadly force. Now, enter. The Burner, less lethal, pistol launcher. It is equipped with tear gas and kinetic ammo. It can incapacitate any attacker for up to 40 minutes. It's legal in all 50 states. It requires no background checks, and it can be shipped right to your door. Go to their website, com slash Hannity, right now, and you'll get 10% off. 